G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you here listening in today. My name is Lockie and I'm the host of this experience. And really my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Now today I sit down with Chris Pollock for the last Beyond the Message of 2021 as we wrap up our Christmas series for this year. Chris said on the weekend that when you extend grace, you are most like Jesus more than when you're praying or reading the Bible. And so we talk further about what grace really looks like and how essential it is to the Christian life. Hey, we really hope you enjoy listening in today and we'll see you next year for the Beyond the Message podcast. Finally, a Beyond the Message podcast in the flesh. We are. How good. It's great to meet you. I've never seen you. <laughs> <laughs> Just over the Zoom screen. That's right. For those who didn't know, we, we usually Zoom. Yeah. But we're here in person. Well, we haven't met some of our listeners in the flesh. Maybe. Is that right? I don't know. Who's talking to you? I'm just, maybe there's someone from Ireland listening to this that we've never met in the in flesh. In fact, there is actually someone from Ireland. <laughs> if you've listened to the ones where Riley and I do, we do like to do the international check-in to see Yeah. Uh, who is around and yes we have an Irish listener this is so cool I love yeah okay I should check in on the um, on the insights or the data it's great see where people are at it's great well Chris I'm super excited mm. today the full Monday which we talked about on Sunday was what are you full of yeah we'll explain that context but to start we were just having a conversation before recording mm. some people in their texting lives are oh, just yeah. full of emojis they are full of emojis okay. like what are your thoughts? And is anyone in your life that's just full of emoji? You know those people you yeah. text who just emoji, emoji before word, between words, before paragraphs. Who's the biggest emoji? My fiend my mum. My mum okay. is a massive emoji fiend, hardcore. Um, I am. I'm pretty basic. Like I'm. A, I would say I'm like a white girl okay. emoji. Like a crying laughing face. Crying laughing face. Little stuff. little hand like this. Little shuckers. <laughs> you know. A little hand like this. It is a audio based. <laughs> yeah, we're not, there's no video camera here. Sorry, the little like AOK yes. little um, hand. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty basic. Yep. It's kind of like if I can't figure out what to say, I'll just put some emojis. Great. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like it's an appropriate use of emojis. Yeah. But my mum is she just is a very happy person. Loves emojis. Just yep. spices them up. But we'll use like 15 in a <laughs> standard text message. Like I'm okay. Yeah. Here's 15 hug emojis. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that. Probably once a year, I'll need to scroll through my emojis. I've got my set, you know, when you've got your yeah, recents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go much outside my recents. Yeah, that's what they're there for. Okay, good. So I've, I made new mum spend a lot of time looking for the perfect emoji. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know how much time my mum spends text messaging, but it would be scary, be I reckon. Scary. Yeah. There I love you, mum, if you're listening to this podcast. Wonderful. Hope, I mean, unless she's from Ireland. Unless she's you from Ireland, she's probably not. <laughs> well, what are you for? Well, Chris, we'll talk about that because that's mm. um, a really exciting thing. We're continuing our Christmas conversation. Mm. We're in part three of a series called The Unsettling, Unsettling Solution for Just About Everything. And we've really been talking about grace. I don't think yeah. we've... It's one of those ones where we haven't left like, you know, part three, the last part. We haven't told you right as you're leaving the door or right about to sign out of YouTube. Oh, by the way, it's grace. We're kind of pretty upfront with the fact yep. that the unsettling solution to just about everything is grace. Yep. Which has given us three weeks to talk about grace. Like, yeah. Openly, which has been amazing. Yeah, I've, wanted to, I've actually wanted to do a series on grace probably for about 18 months, but it was just kind of finding when's the right time, 
you know, when when did it fit really well? And, and when do we have like kind of an opportunity to kind of unpack it fully? Because grace kind of is this weird thing like we talk about it in church world, right? A lot. And it's kind of like, everyone's like, oh yeah, grace, 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 grace. But then it's like, what is it? What does it look like? What does it look like applied? And so this series was, yeah, these three weeks, I think, particularly at Christmas, it's so important because there's a lot of relational stuff that just gets amplified yeah. at Christmas that doesn't get amplified at any other time. Maybe around birthdays perhaps or like significant events in your life but not like everyone at Christmas I feel like has it amplified a little bit for them yeah and everyone's got a a somewhat understanding of grace but I think what we've learned is that you can't ever or it's very it's very difficult to ever fully comprehend what grace is and the effect it can have on us so for instance I work at a school called grace so (laughs) we have a buzzword and we have a little phrase we attach to it that goes if someone goes what's grace yeah you go this is what grace is yeah. But in every context, it means something. Maybe grace. What's means. what's the buzzword? What's the sentence attached to? Ah, uh, look. I've I, put you on the spot, yeah, and I, I really apologise for that. Um, something about uh, on uh, generosity received from God. So okay, like, sure. Something to do with generosity. Yeah. From God okay. And how that's kind of received yep. by us. Yeah. And I think that you know, undeserved is, is another word that we put mm-hmm. in there as well. Um, you know, grace maybe could be the thing you say before dinner. Dinner, yeah, that's true. Bless you. Yeah. So everyone's got some sort of concept of, of what grace is. Mm. But I love that because every conversation, like in the mid-conversation I'm coming out with of, of the podcast, I'm learning so much. Mm. And my understanding of what it means for my life is just gaining so much richness, which is what grace is. Like in every yeah. context, in every season of our life, yeah. grace means something different. Um, yeah, because we're yeah. always evolving, and, and grace will evolve alongside of us, and I think it's, that's really cool. Yep, yep, I totally agree. So we talked about on the weekend that your big bottom line, Chris, was that God's grace is an invitation to be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation to extend to others what God has freely extended to us. And to start with some questions, Chris, towards you about this message, so we can really dive deep into what we talked about on the weekend. I want to just get some context as to you know, what God's grace has to do with how amazing we are. Like, how does that translate um, to us being amazing people? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of this idea, right, that I sometimes we, like if you're a Jesus follower, you can see grace as like one way. Oh, grace is something God does for me. And, and really that's only one part. That's only one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is like, well, because of what God has done for me, now I get to do something for others and I get to extend grace to others. And so I think that like, you know, we all know in our lives that the most amazing experiences are when people give us things that we don't deserve. Like we get grace that we don't deserve. And so grace really is this invitation for us to be more like our heavenly father than now the time. And I kind of said that on in the message um, that, you know, I think some people can think equates really this, oh, I'm super deep. I'm really connecting with God when I pray, or when I read the Bible or when I sing worship music and all those things. And yep, you might feel really connected to God, but you actually look and you actually are more like God to other people mm-hmm. the most when you extend grace to them, just like Jesus was extending grace on the cross to us. Well, you've actually stopped spot on my next question. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have looked. I mean, it's obviously so well connected. Yeah, how good. Because um, you did say exactly what you said just then. Yes. When you extend grace to other people, you are the most like Jesus. Yep. And you, you then went on to say more than when you are praying or reading the Bible, which <laughs> we did. associate with very spiritual acts. Yeah. And, and you could you could argue that, hey, when you are praying, like you're with Jesus, mm-hmm. with God. Like mm-hmm. That surely is the most spiritual point yep. of your day or your week. And that, I guess, 
I don't know if many people would have found that offensive or some people maybe were confused by a statement like that. Yep. I was wondering if you could go deeper into that. Can you explain it further why grace and extending grace to other people is more Christ-like or more Jesus-like than those typical holy things reading the Bible praying? Yeah, well, I think it's this thing, like, and we were talking about this at our Connect group a couple of weeks ago. It's this idea of, like, you know, if someone was to say to you, hey, like, how's your faith life going? The first thing you typically think of is... How am I connecting with God? Very rarely do we think about like, well, how am I treating others? How am I serving others? How am I being a light to others? And I think what Jesus did is Jesus' life kind of added a horizontal component to this vertical component. It's not like, you know, and and really grace um, is this idea like, hey, you you know where you stand with God. Like, if you have um, have entered into a relationship with Jesus, if you are following Jesus, if he is, if you acknowledge that he is your savior, you don't have to second guess. Mm. You don't have to second guess whether you and God are good because it's all good. Like Jesus' death has already proven that. And so sometimes we miss that and we kind of forget like, oh, well, God and I are good. So now I'm going to just go do my thing as opposed to like, oh, well, hang on a minute. Now God and I are good. I'm going to go serve other people. I'm going to go show them what the light of the world is actually like and so um yeah it, it's funny because like i i think if you were to talk to a lot of christians and you were to say hey tell me why jesus is so important to you often what they would say is because of what he did for me that most people wouldn't be like oh because he prayed a, i read i read jesus about him praying a prayer one time you know in the book of john when he when he prays for unity in the church you know jesus is so important because he prayed a prayer or jesus is important because you know um I've seen his grace over and over again in my life, or I've seen him constantly never let me go. And so I think we often accentuate the parts of Jesus that does, and Jesus' actions, not just his words. So there's a Bible verse that says, faith without works is dead. Yep. Is grace part of works, or is grace just is grace just something that is like a baseline requirement of, of being a Christian? I think it's one of those things. It's, it's like a, a both and. It's um, like... You know, you don't have to do anything to earn God's grace, but at the same time, that grace should motivate you to do something. And it's kind of this idea of cheap grace, you know, because one of the things I think sometimes Jesus followers miss is that um, grace is costly and grace does make you uncomfortable. I mean, the ultimate display of grace led God to die on a cross and be brutally, brutally disfigured and, you know, blood and so much pain to the point that Jesus is like in the garden of Gethsemane, potentially like bleeding blood. He's so stressed, bleeding blood. Of course you bleed blood, <laughs> um, but potentially like bleeding because he's so stressed saying, Hey, if there's another way, I want that way. And yet we kind of like romanticize like, Oh, it's all good. Cause I've got grace. And it's like, no, grace is costly. Cheap grace doesn't require anything of us and it doesn't really require us to, um, to change in any way. So, uh, yeah, I think um, once we, one, the more and more we understand grace, the more and more we want to serve other people because we recognize what we've been given. Yeah, and I guess that idea of works and extending grace doesn't always look like, oh, I, I, I act, I'm active in my faith because I serve kids. Yeah. Or I help out in youth group. No, no, no. Like we're talking at the base level of like, how, how do you how do you interact with others? How do you extend grace to others? How do you interact when your family is having a fight at Christmas? Like, 
those are the moments in which we get to extend grace more so than just, oh, I'm part of a program or I'm part of the church and, and officially I'm a part of this capacity. And I think that's the thing. I think it's really easy, right, for us to like, you know, serve in, a, in Op Street or serve in Infinity or, or wherever it is that we serve and to say like, well, I've got my serving hat on and so I'm good and I'm doing the right thing. And then you just go home and you speak to your husband, or your wife, or your boyfriend, or your, your, your roommate, and you're just rude and obnoxious. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. This should be like a character trait. And this grace, we should be aware of it and be extending it. And it's kind of like, you know, like one, one of the things that like, I want young leaders and just, people young christians to christians of all ages to understand is like if what you do publicly doesn't match what you do privately like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter because what you do privately will eventually kind of come out and grace is this thing like because no one wants to hear someone tell them about the love of jesus if their interaction with that person is like they are really not a nice person to be around right and that that's different between like our personalities clash but like, they're just not a nice person. They don't care about me. They're not loving. They're not generous. Like, and so I think that's the... Well, I mean, that speaks to our form Monday morning full of. Yep. At the end of the day, and I remember Perko speaking about this mm. uh, with a sponge. Yes, maybe, yes. Maybe, uh, I think that was the You've Got Style series, maybe. It must have been, maybe yeah. two or three months ago. The idea of like squeezing the sponge and whatever's inside the sponge will eventually come out. Yep. So when we are full of grace in those situations where we are squeezed, and Christmas is a great example you've been talking yeah. about this series, like... You're gonna get squeezed at Christmas. Like, yeah. You're gonna get frustrated. Yeah. You're gonna get pushed in different ways that you're yep. able to avoid for the most part of the year. Yep. When you are squeezed, what comes out? What yep. Full of, you're full of grace and forgiveness. Or does that thing that you were holding on to, does that get unleashed? Um, does the beast come out? Um, I really like that. You know. What yeah, you're yeah, of, yeah. Apart from potato bake, obviously. And uh, potato bake's not a bad thing to be full of. It's not. It's a great staple to have across every single Christmas meal you ever yeah. have. But those things, like, what are we full of? And I just think that's a great um, great picture to attach to grace. I think the other thing is, like, like it, it, just because you're full of grace or grace comes out of you, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's easy, right? Because I think that's a diff. I think some people think, like, you know, we do it in all sorts of areas, but we look at really fit people and go, oh, it must be easy for them because they just eat healthy and they exercise. Or, oh, financially, really people in a great financial, oh, it must be easy for them because X, Y, and Z. And, and I feel like if you were to ask them, is it easy? They'd be like, no, like it's challenging and it's difficult, but you, you have to, like you have things that you remind yourself of. And so I think when, when grace comes out, there can be this thing as like, oh, well, it's easy for this person. It doesn't feel that way for me. I'll, honestly, grace doesn't feel easier. You know what I mean? You, you start to do it without thinking as much. Yeah. It's a muscle that can be exercised. hundred percent, but it's not easy. Every, yeah. every time you use it, it's like, oh. Emma, Emma and I have this um, thing, like one of the values at Beyond is, you know, that we'll do anything short of sin. So in order to reach people, no one's reaching, we'll have to do things no one's doing. But every now and then, if I'm, you know, having a moan or just, you know, frustrated about something that, you know, that I have to do or something, Emma, Emma will just always say anything short of sin. And that's my way of like, okay, right, grace. Okay, right. Like, it doesn't feel good, but you're like, I got to do anything short of sin. I got to extend that grace. I got to do what's required. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. We'll dive into one of the, Bible verses we used on the weekend mm. in Romans 5 verse 8 which says yeah. but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us mm. um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit Chris and talk about this whole sinner and grace kind of thing and ask your, from your perspective like 
if we are saved while we're sinners by grace, you know, are we still sinners even though we receive grace? And and basically, you're just wondering if you can explain the relationship between sin and grace. It's quite a hot topic theologically that people have debated for, I'm going to say, as long as Jesus has been around. Like, this is one of those issues that if people often ask, like, why their denominations? This is one of the questions this is one that of those just things. answers why people disagree yeah. on things and why people have gone to the extent of starting different churches because they come at different conclusions. Yep. From your perspective, though, what, yeah. what happens with sin and grace and how does that interact with each other? Yeah. Oh, man, we're getting deep. And, well, let me um, let me get theological on you. There's a theological term. It's in Latin, but I'll so I'll give it to you in Latin so you can any listeners can impress their friends. Um, and it is simul ustus et peccator. Simul ustus et peccator. Um, and really it, what it means in English is at the same time saint and sinner. So there's this kind of this paradox, really. Uh, maybe not a paradox, maybe a tension is a better way. We live in this tension, I think, as Christians in that we are we are saints. Like we're, we're welcomed as sons and daughters into the kingdom of God um, through faith in Jesus. And that is 100% true. Yet at the same time, there's this tension because we, we have this, you know, we would say this sinful nature within us or this selfish nature within us that wants to just kind of go, ah, oh, you know, I got things my way. I got I'm doing things my own way. And so I think it's this tension that we're going to live in for the rest of the time that, you know, we're not, um, we're not in heaven um, is that while at the same time, hey, I've got this standing in God through Jesus I'm, I'm always going to be, my ego is always going to get in the way. My pride's going to get in the way. My desire to want to do things my own way um, is going to is going to get in the way. And I think that's part of the part of the process, you know, of being a Jesus follower. Is I want to I want to more and more and more step into um, who Jesus says I am and say no and no and no more and more to like the things that I want, kind of thing. So in a sense, this passage from Romans 5 is almost a living passage that kind of always applies to us not just non-Christians who are converting into Christianity if we yeah. really, we can say God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we are still sinners Christ has died for us yep. like there's this continual 100% because I think any Christian who thinks oh once I'm saved I'm not a sinner is just yep. um, you know ignorant to themselves like that's an incredibly lack huge lack of self-awareness right. i mean i wish i never said things that didn't offend people and said the right things all the time and you know didn't cause relational hurt um but that's part of what i do like yeah. being a human um so yeah yeah so we never graduate from being a sinner but also we never wake up and feel more like a saint or more like a sinner. It's a real tension that is like <laughs> kind of, we're always living in the tension of that. And I often think sometimes that our feelings can be the worst, worst indicator of this. You know, like, like we even just spoke about before, like it's, I feel really connected to God when I'm reading my Bible and da, 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 but you can feel really connected to God and then treat people really poorly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's like when Jesus is talking about, hey, you know, if you come to the temple to offer your sacrifices, don't offer the sacrifices until you've made amends for your relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that seems to me to think that Jesus is really concerned with how we treat people. And so we, yet we can feel really good with God, but treat people really poorly. And so we're actually, God's kind of actually annoyed at us. Yeah. And so I think sometimes when it comes to this, um, our feelings can be challenged. And, I, and I, for me, that's why things like doing communion groups is so important. Things like being reminded of our baptism, like Paul says, hey, you know, got to daily remind ourselves of our baptism because their reminders that though though we have this condition called sin, 
that we are recipients of the grace that God has for us. And that's why I think groups groups are so important because if you're struggling through something or if you're feeling that the weight of sin, it's just great to have people pray for you and just remind you, hey, no, you know, Jesus has died while you were still a sinner. He went and died for you and you can, you can rest in that. So good. The last reason we needed to clarify that Bible verse was because on the weekend, mm. it said this on the screen. If God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Chris... No word of a lie. There is a photo. This needs to be shared. I will get it off the the wonderful man who took the photo. But this does need to be shared that Chris died for us. What I can't get over the fact is that I it went through two servants. So it went through first of all my editing, and I'm I should just check my notes while I'm here because it went through my my I went, it went through a couple of rounds of editing on my end of me reading it, and then it went through the 10 a.m. and the 6 p.m. And, yes. and it wasn't until our, everyone had gone and we were in the car park <laughs> and then I got shown this photo. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, I'm getting the photo currently. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't die for anyone's sins. Um, it's an unfortunate typo. It's one of those ones like any other typo would be like whatever. Yeah, no, no. And T off Christ to make it Chris accidentally yeah and and so what is actually is in my actual outline that i have because i copy and paste it all across it says chris chris died for us anyway chris died for us anyway and i'm thinking that's because no i just yeah i don't know i don't know what happened with um yeah with it so there you go (laughs) sorry guys it's one of the challenges of having a name that's similar in some ways to jesus's that's right that's so good well, in the in the couple of seconds we've got left, Chris, yeah. I, I'd love to just ask um, and, and paint a bit of a picture of a world or a church or a family or a relationship. Um, paint a picture of what it looks like if grace was easily extended. One where grace is given, received, and, and we live and breathe grace. Yeah. For me, what, what I think it looks like is um, it's not perfect. But people who have different views and values, people who come from different geographies, people who have um, a different ages and different takes on life work alongside each other for the same purpose without killing each other and without getting mad at each other. And like, there's this just overwhelming sense of, you know, my way is not necessarily the right way, but what's most important is what Jesus has called us to. And so I'm going to extend to others what he's freely extended to me and that means i'm not always going to agree that means i'm not but but i'm going to disagree in a loving way i'm going to challenge in a loving way and when decisions are made that i maybe don't agree with or someone does something that i don't necessarily agree with then then i'm going to support them and i'm going to that's not going to change the way i view them i think as well like for pe- for our relationships with with um people who aren't jesus followers that changes the way we, we think about people and it changes the way we, we view people because all of a sudden now we're not holding them to a standard they never accepted to begin with and we can actually just see them as like, man, who am I to who am I to not extend grace to you? Because Jesus is it's it's right there on offer for you. And so if you want to accept grace, if you wanna I'm gonna keep extending it to you in the hope that maybe one day you might see Jesus through it. So that's kind of the picture of the world I see yeah well thank you so much Chris for tying up this Christmas series Merry Christmas to you Merry Christmas to you listening Um, thanks for this and thanks for the year of BTM for our last in person uh, Sunday service of the year which is just amazing so um, thank you to everyone who's been travelling along we hope you have the best Christmas 
you get incredibly full of potato bay and all the other glorious Christmas foods. Also, um, you can begin to understand and extend grace in just a new way this Christmas season, even when things are super challenging. So um, that's our prayer, and I hope for you guys. And because we are in person, Chris, mm. we're going to end with the sound of a really crisp fist bump because we can. Are you ready? I wonder how that's going to sound. I don't know. You're going to let us know how that sounds, uh, you know, via audio, but it was a pretty it was a great yeah, that was, that, it felt good <laughs> thanks Chris we'll see you soon see you guys